This episode of Hop Heroes is brought to you by Magic Mind. Hey, Zach, tell me about your morning routine. Well, Jordan, let me tell you. I, I wake up, I do 50 push-ups, I squat 300 pounds, and then I have a spot of tea. Don't believe any of that. JR. You know, I'm, I get up at 4 in the morning, and I work that out. I sweat out as much as I can, and I have a piece of toast, and that's it. So both of you work out vigorously in the mornings, and you both look like this. <laughs> Jordan, I'm not sure if this. About. I think my sweatshirt is actually uh, hiding what I really look like. If I, I just, if I got more naked, maybe you'd see. <laughs> All right, let's move past that. So, what I'm proposing to you guys is you guys give your lifestyle a bit of a kick. It's called Magic Mind, brewed mm. by Stephen Strange himself in the depths of the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> this is a magical substitute for your regular daily caffeine boost. And it's not actually by Stephen Strange, but that adds to our comic feel it's actually from a silicon valley known creator and he has brought the world's first productivity shot to the main stage so curious what you guys think take a swig Ooh, ooh, yeah it's good no it's really good isn't that good yeah, yeah. like it doesn't hurt at all to go down yeah, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt me. There's no sharp objects <laughs> no. in the shots. So seems safe. Contains 13 active ingredients, scientifically designed to improve energy, focus, and mood while decreasing stress. All things that combined improve your productivity. So it's basically supposed to get away from that anxiety, caffeine, jittery feel and just give you that natural calming boost. And I've been doing it for three days now, and it's supposed to take you know about 72 hours to kick in fully where you feel the effects of everything inside of it. And I will say it's a lot more calming energy than I've ever experienced from coffee. Cool. I love it. With six key ingredients, this is the real deal. With matcha, lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, and three others that I can't really pronounce, it all really comes into one and really has a strong effect. And I'm telling you, I stand behind it. It's effective. So go to www.magicmind.com slash hopheroes and put in our code HOPH20 and get up to 56% off your subscription. And that is only for the next 10 days. So get on it now. And if you just want to do a one-time purchase, 20% off. So really, it's a win-win. Go to www.magicmind.com slash hopheroes and put in our code HOPH20 and get ready for your life to change. Welcome to Hop Heroes, where we talk about Nerd culture, storytelling, myth-making, alcoholic beverages, and the underbelly of the dirty city we live in. This week on Hop Heroes. Bro, I'm changing my Instagram tag today, dog. Real house husband of Maple Valley. Do you classify yourself in that demographic as rich, white, fucked up person? Well, I'm not rich. I am white. <laughs> I can't think of a bad example right now off the top of my head. Captain Marvel, maybe? Anyway, if you try it... It's and, always and a good, bad example. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's get it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, a show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Hey man, how you doing? Doing great, man. It's been a while. I love it. I love that. It's been it has been a while. It's we been had a, a while. We had a crazy Christmas, um, which was fun. Oh my! <laughs> and uh, we're back at it, so I love it. Yeah, yeah. Christmas was wild, and we'll get into that. But without mm -hmm. further ado, let's introduce good old pal, seven month old father <laughs> today. Hey. Peak athlete himself. <laughs> Peak hey. athlete. Our third host, Zach Barlow. How you doing? Hey. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good, buddy. Last time uh, we all got on the mic was November. 
Right. Um, well, technically December. That's not, yeah. Technically you guys just December. don't know. You don't know what went down. You don't know. Y'all don't know what went down in December. So what we did was we posted for a holiday show that we did live with uh, a few bands down in Tacoma, which was a freaking blast. The bands um, were fun. That was a great night. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Danny Plum, comedian down in L.A., old friend of ours, came up. Yeah, at the Airport Tavern, Tacoma. Airport Tavern. Man, the food was good there. We appreciate millions. You ate there? Dude, the nachos. Really? Best nachos I've ever I had. I didn't eat a damn I didn't thing. eat a single you got, thing. All you guys drank. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just drank, I drank a little hammered. and I, I had tons of food. 20 beers to nothing. the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. I ate that night. I did have a shot, which kind of triggered me a little, but. Triggered me. That was like me. a Fife High reunion. <laughs> it was like, so fun. Everybody from high school God, came out to that. that. It was, was a blast. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Except the part where, like, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, there was that side of it. <laughs> like two sides to every coin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One side was great, the other side was terrible. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we uh, we had some technical difficulties with our audio. Um, our placement of our stage was out in the bar, questionable, and mm-hmm. the, the actual main stage was getting prepped for the bands behind us. Which I feel like I thought we were the headliners going into that. I yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah. There was a miscommunication. It was definitely one of those live shows that like we'll re- reference back to and be like, well, we, had, we had to pay our dues <laughs> back when we got in the corner of the of the bar just to do a live show. Nobody can hear us. Yeah, when you think like you're gonna open for these bands on a live show, it's all cool. We'll be on the stage, we'll have a crowd, and now uh, they put a table in front of two dartboards and said, all right, let's <laughs> figure exactly it out. Right. And we couldn't hear a dance. We couldn't try hear to, try to hook you up to a karaoke station. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, they'll be fine. It's a podcast, whatever. Yeah. And I couldn't hear. We were all sitting at the table. I couldn't hear Zach from two two seats down. So we're just screaming. Because the bar was packed, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We had I mean, a good we, turnout. We, we packed it out. The support bro. was there. We sold out yeah. the tickets Thank in the you first all few who weeks. Came. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, I, yeah, I just remember screaming at Danny. He couldn't hear a word I was saying. Not a word. He was sitting next to me. So we were two seats away. And, and JR, you were in between Middle, Jordan yeah. and I. And Danny was on the far end next to me. And I swear I was playing interpreter like most of the episode because Jordan would say something to Danny and Danny would look at me and be like, what did he say? And I'd be like, I think he said. And that was like the whole, it was yeah. just a disaster. He didn't have any headphones either. Yeah. So yeah. He, he had just played it along. Really it was a mess. So yeah. to, like without a, you know, you could probably assume the audio didn't turn out great for that episode. So we unfortunately <laughs> didn't drop it, but we do appreciate everybody's participation in the voting yeah, of the top 10 sure. Christmas movies of all time. And just so you guys know <laughs> the uh, ending reveal, um, Oh, we're coming doing, well, in at, we're talking about this coming yeah. in at number 10 number 10 was uh this one movie that nobody's heard of besides <laughs> zach called love actually i just i i've had time to think about this and i honestly like i'm not going to get to like 2023 it's like new year new me cool moving so, on like, number nine i just think a lot of people haven't seen it though like i think if i lived in uk i it's think that Hulu it would be like right number one yeah like i just think the american audience like it hasn't trans- oh, okay. translated that makes sense zach's have you too seen cultured. it i have seen it we're Jordan not still hasn't seen it. Like, I refuse to it's watch it. It's on Hulu, so out of spite, give it a watch. Number nine was Nightmare Before Christmas. Number Another eight, Another Shocker, Bad Santa. Number seven was Die Hard, which was very controversial. Yeah. Number six, A Christmas Story. Number five, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Number four, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Jim Carrey's version. Number three, Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Number two, Elf, and then number one was Johnny Hughes bringing home Home Alone. Um, so I feel like the the ratings I can't really greatly disagree with. Obviously, mine were a little bit different, but as long as number ten was number ten, I think we can, we can all. Kind of <laughs> I greatly disagree. With <laughs> as long as that one, it didn't matter. I greatly matter. disagree. With it. So <laughs> many, so oh, many disagreements. Now we had a great time, and thank you, Airport Tavern, for having us. Yeah, that was fun. Out. It was fun. But outside of that, how was your guys' holiday? Because we haven't really recapped Christmas or New Year's. You guys do anything fun? Yeah, Christmas is great. I mean, having a a, a newborn in the house, um, you buy stuff that he has no idea that you're why you're buying it, but you buy it anyway. So we have a house full of stuff yeah. that he can't use 
Um, but it was a great Christmas. First time, you know, going to see Santa. Oh, and really? You yeah, went to see Santa this year? I went to see Santa, wow. and he sat on his lap. Yep. Damn. At, um, I think he was three months, four months? He was four months. Nice. And so, um, and he did really well. I mean, he didn't cry, so that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had... Um, I think it was just exciting because you have, you know, Amber and I usually don't do Christmas that often, to be honest with you. We do gifts exchange, but don't decorate the house. But I think when you have a new member in the family, you want to have that tradition, start doing your own traditions and stuff like that. So we were able to do that. So it's pretty fun and exciting. And like I said, I bought him stuff that I'm like, he needs that action figure. Okay, I'll get him that action figure. You know, oh, it, he needs that action figure. Yeah, that's a statue. So I'll buy JR's buying him. things for Ender that he wants for himself. No, no, it's for him. It's in the box. Right. I mean, that's just dad's strategy. That's yeah. all that is. I'm <laughs> taking advantage of the moment. Yeah, that's what I do. So, yeah, Christmas is great. Great. What about you, Zach? you have any? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was same thing, like Luther's first holiday season. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely a different spin on things. And I think that it kind of brings you back to your childhood in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I was finding myself in the toy store. <laughs> more <laughs> off like, like looking at like what are these kids uh, playing with now that, you know and like looking at stuff and being like he'll probably not like that until he's 14 but like right pretty were there still so. furbies in there is furbies still a thing no no no, no. but <laughs> i did get him a, while. a plush batman that like talks and has like 50 different like things that he says <laughs> that's pretty cool um and i stood in line for that thing for like two hours which was like <laughs> a disaster but like i, all the I way guilted vibes. myself because i was like it's his first haul out like i i was torn between Dude, he's, you know, what, five months old at that point. He's not going to remember any of this. And then the other side was like, but it's his first Christmas. And, mm-hmm. like, how much are you willing to sacrifice for your son for his mm-hmm. first Christmas? And that part of me was like, fuck, I'm going to stand in this line. So I stood in the line, and I got him the Batman and, you know, the whole thing. But it was good. I mean, we had it here. Uh, you know, had the family over, had the fire going. We decorated a lot on the inside and then totally punted on the outside because for Q4 and I was busy as hell and – then for New Year's, we just went to a friend's party. We didn't host, and it was, like, really cool not to host, honestly. Yeah, that's a first. Um, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was fun. It was really, really cool. And I'm on paternity leave now, too. hey oh, Hey, full-time off. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trophy husband, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm, like, posts. living my, my best life, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't know if I'm going back to work because I just feel like <laughs> that's um, all that coming. <laughs> this is, you know, it's like, it's like spark, you know, wind and gasoline it just all comes together at once and i'm like this is my purpose it's my calling i'm just writing and i'm like you know just doing my thing and we're going to museums every day and yeah man sounds like a good life it is it is well my uh my holiday has no newborns so (laughs) i still i still had a little nostalgic blast from the past though because i don't know if you remember zach but back in after high school before college um i wrote a script called blade rises I do remember Which, that. Uh, initially, it was supposed to star you. Well, you were going to counterplay with, with Cameron and Mark, and you were going to be Jacob from Twilight. Basically, it was just the son of Blade comes to defeat all these famous vampires. And so we had Edward from Twilight. <laughs> we had Jacob from Twilight. We had Tom Cruise, who thought he was a vampire. Um, we had Dracula. We had... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had all these famous people. And um, the footage was recorded. We didn't finish it, but we filmed probably about 70% of it, and then we had these on mini DV tapes that we could never input into a tape deck because we didn't have one anymore. Mm-hmm. And the tapes just were sitting in my closet for about four, six years, seven mm-hmm. years, eight years. And for Christmas, I got Brandon them digitized so we can officially edit them and post uh, a movie. So we 
we we edited that a little bit um, over the holiday break, and it was it was terrible. I mean, it was <laughs> it was bad. It was it was entertaining, but like if for anybody that wasn't there, because um, like there's a lot of pieces that don't connect because we didn't film at all. Yeah, and there's just like Cameron and and John, you know, the the blades they just drop n bombs like every other word. <laughs> oh like it's, it's very uh, it's very questionable for today's society. So <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna finish it, and then we might not release it publicly. Maybe just privately to those Have that like were a private involved. Screening. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that was that was a good time. Did you ever digitize the uh, Good Night? Oh, that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Oh yeah. You fucking meatball! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took I took some actor Zach's debut <laughs> in that uh, in that film. Zach, there's one thing you can't say: it's meatball. Okay, I got it. Action! That was his direction meatball. for me for the scene. One word: don't do whatever you want to do. Just don't call him a meatball. Zach, on and I was set. like, Jordan, guess what? I got an idea. <laughs> Zach on <laughs> set is exactly how you can imagine. It be. Just where's my trailer? These craft services are bullshit. I'm vegan now. For the next six hours, I don't eat cheese. It's just, it's impossible to, to make them happy. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Oh, and we got to get some of that stuff posted on the pod, you know, on the website or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, sure. So today's episode, we are talking Harry Potter. Um, yeah, man. We the, have, the, we're talking the movies, not the books. We're talking the movies because Hogwarts Legacy is dropping February 10th. Big yes. drop. We are very excited Big for drop. that game. So we're going to talk about the movies. Uh, we're also going to talk White Lotus, which is sweeping the scene. Um, on HBO, and then we're going to close out with uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, um, the Netflix record-breaking show that nobody really saw coming, which we're all pretty excited about. Yeah. Um, as far as the beer goes in this episode, we are drinking from Rogue Brewing once again, our Newport fr- uh, friends down there in Oregon, and today's beer is the Honey Kolsch, in honor of my favorite character from Wednesday, Eugene Ottinger, um, following the Hive Code. You always like the misfits, Jordan. I do. Honey honey cultures are liquid ode to bees. Brewed with wildflower honey, this culture-style ale has layers of subtle floral notes accented by the honey's natural sweetness that create a f- refreshing balance with the hops and malts. So, Zach, do you know what a Kolsch beer is? I don't, actually. I've never even heard that before. Do you? Uh, yes and no. And by... Yes, I mean, I Googled it, and no, but it means I didn't <laughs> You know. had to Google it. <laughs> I've drank in them, but I don't know what makes it considered a Kolsch. So it's kind of like champagne in France, how, like, there's sparkling wine, and then champagne only comes from the champagne region, and so you can call that champagne. Oh, Anything else you okay. can call sparkling wine, you can't really call it champagne. Oh. Um, so Kolsch is really about a similar thing, protected geographical indication. So it has to be brewed within a certain area, 50 kilometers, 50 kilometers um, from the city of Cologne, and, um, and that's in the European Union. So you have to brew it in a certain area for it to be considered a Kolsch. Um, it's a pale, oh, shit. highly attenuated. It's a big word. So, so pales are, are like the poverty version of Kolsch's. Um, this is more closer to a lager, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. so like uh, it's a warm fermented uh, with top fermenting yeast and then conditioned at cold temperatures, which is what a lager is. Um, so I think this is more so like a lager brewed in this Vicinity, okay, but it is pale. and like what's a famous lager? That's like a Budweiser, right? Yeah, I mean those like those yeah. light beers are all lagers, so yeah. it's it's a light okay. beer as you can tell by the color and, and the lack oh, of head. Cool. Um, but it's just a, a bougie light beer, I'd say. Nice. So have you tasted it? I haven't yet. So thinking about how they make this, has is the price of this higher than let's say something normal? I mean, I, I can. I'm gonna guess yes. This six pack was fourteen dollars. So, <laughs> oh fuck! I'm gonna guess yes, just because I think that like the Budweisers and Millers and those are kind of like at this point like mass produced, and yeah. so like it's those are kind of cheaper than anything that you would get that's like a micro brew like this, like a more specialized. Yeah. 
I mean, but even like, let's say local microbrew stuff, is that higher than? Yeah. Than the, the, oh, yeah. 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 For the same reason. Yeah. For the same reason. Just because of the area, they have to have this stuff made and then I would assume shipped or something. Oh, you're talking about for our cold spirits in general, just more expensive? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I, I know that champagnes from that region are more expensive because of the, yeah. you know, the prestige and the logistics of, of travel and everything like that and shipping. But I don't know. I, I, I've gotten cultures all the time, but usually I get them on tap at bars. So I don't really know. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that these were available. And I got to say, like, I like the beer, but I also am like down for this type of beer. Like it's kind of bigger than the beer. Like if I found a Kolsch at a bar, I'd be like, Zach likes being prestigious. I was, I was going to say, you just added something that he could totally yeah. say at the bar. You <laughs> fucking oh. bar snob. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. This is actually 51 oh, are you kilometers away. Light. Uh, did you not see the honeybee Kolsch over there? Oh. Technically, this is out of the range to be considered a Kolsch, but it's I'll accept it. It's not technically a Kolsch, but it tastes kind of like it. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the Guys, flavor? I'm I'm hu- I'm a humble man. Yeah. People, I don't really understand what this, this whole trophy has energy been. is coming. This trophy has just gone right to his head. <laughs> um, real house husbands of Maple Valley. Maple Valley, real house husbands of Maple Valley. Bro, I'm changing my Instagram tag today, dog. Real house husband of Maple Valley. Oh shit. Oh uh, no. I like it. I mean, it's not overly powerful. Like, you think honey, you think it's going to be really sweet. It's got a little tang, but I think it's just a little bit more bodied lager. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was thinking if, if you were to just give me this and say, I guess, what kind of beer is this? Or, or even probably more specific, like, is this a Miller Light or something? I would probably say no, but I definitely think it's in the ballpark. Like, it's in that area where it's, like, light, sessionable, I think more body is accurate. Um, it's lighter than a Pilsner, I'd say. Like, a Pilsner has a little bit more to it than this, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, like, the packaging and, like, the whole kind of uh, thing Rogue, that you read. Rogue always packaged as well. Yeah, packaging is sick. Yeah. Um, and what you read, it kind of feels like the honey is going to be prominent. Um, but it's not. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I feel like if it was, like very honey forward it would be like a mead like how do you do light and honey at the Mm -hmm. same time and mead is like i don't know if you've ever had mead before but it's a fun experience but it's like bro it's a lot you can have one yeah um so yeah i mean i like this i think that there's like a hint of honey which i think is like the way to do this um if you're gonna do it so yeah i'm a fan yeah it's good me too five percent gets the job done yeah all right so uh our first topic today we're gonna we're gonna dive into the one and only Bro, this is so fucking epic. <laughs> oh my god. Childhood relive. Dude, seriously. So, oh god. Yes. This is a big Let's deal for me because I have been on an island pushing off Harry Potter my entire life. I read really? Have you? I read the first 3 books and then I I made a decision. I was in sixth grade, and I was like, I can continue to read these, or I was I really could be different. I was really when that was when Lord of the Rings was coming out mm. on into the theaters at That's that true. same time, and so I pivoted and I started reading Lord of the Rings, and I just oh. I went off track from Harry Potter, and I committed. Oh. I, fe- I felt like it was uh, a one or the other. A lot of people have done both. Yeah, interesting that you had to do one or the other, well, but like I feel like if you do accept that kind of juxtaposition, then. 
it's justifiable to go for Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord oh, of the I Rings think I made really the right choice, but, but I also I would didn't... question the premise in general. Like, why didn't you just do both? But my mind anyway. can only pertain to one book okay, at a time. <laughs> um, and so I just never looked back after that. And like, I did see bits and pieces of the movies. I think I went and saw one in theaters with like a group, but I don't really remember it, but I never watched them um, like thoroughly. And Every wow, time I cool. saw a bit piece here and there, I was like, God, I fucking hate Daniel Radcliffe. I just thought he was <laughs> really? the worst. Daniel Radcliffe. I thought Harry Potter was a little bitch, <laughs> and I just hated, I just, I couldn't get into it, and I always shit on it, and so we're talking, you know, Hogwarts Legacy, and so I, we had to dive in, so I watched the first Dude, five. Dude, so this is the first time you've ever seen him? Folded. Oh, this is, this is great. I watched the first awesome. five. I, I started six, but I didn't get a finish in time. So there's three movies I still have to see. But that was the fucking 15-hour <laughs> okay, so commitment was, almost. Uh, what was the last Order movie? of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, oh, okay. So I'm on Half-Blood okay. Prince. Um, okay. And All right. Here's my review. Wait, wait. Before you do that, can we talk about like how like we have taken in yes, Harry Potter? Yes, of course, of course. So, JR, what's your, how did Harry Potter like inter- intersect with your life um, initially? So initially it was, just, it was the movies. I didn't read the okay. books um, until I got older in life, which is, I think, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the movies have always been uh, one of those things where you just, you got to have it, you got to watch it multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it, you can mix it in with Christmas, you can mix it around Halloween time. I feel like time. they're holiday movies, yeah. and I don't really know why. I just I get that vibe. But yeah. I just feel like they yeah. are. Like, and I was, re- as I was rewatching them, I was asking, like, this has nothing to do with Christmas, but there is like snow scenes. I'm and sure maybe they were they released around dropped. that time. Yeah, maybe they yeah. dropped yeah. around that time. Yeah. But like for some reason, they always have felt like holiday. Even yeah. rewatching them, they feel like holiday. Yeah. Anyway. So I think that, you know, um, I, I've in, I've enjoyed them. I mean, they've been a good p- portion of my life where I'm like, hey, it's time to watch Harry Potter this year. You know, I've watched maybe one so movie. So you watch like a movie a year? Almost, almost like I watch. There's, um, I love number, number, uh, number four, which is the, um, the uh, where they are challenging sorcerer stone goblet of fire goblet of fire, goblet of fire. so yeah. I watch that one every year, and then I kind of go through one through three, you know, kind of depending on how I feel. Interesting. And, okay. And then usually I stop around six or you know six and seven because those really get depressing. So that's what I heard. I heard the last three are really dark. So it gets it gets depressing. So I don't want to feel depressed. I mean, but it's it's I have watched them that whole series multiple times since they've been out cool. and you know, you own them. I own them digitally. I own them physically and you own yeah. the books. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I got depressed in four though. Cause Bobby Pats was in there, which I was not expecting. Oh yeah. 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 It's like his murked. first like yeah, appearance. In, yeah. 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 And I was like, what are you going to Four, they turn a corner kind of where it's like, Oh, people, people die. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? They're of age. Yeah. Have deaths yeah. All of a sudden. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I um, thanks for asking. I, I, uh, <laughs> I remember you're asked wearing like robes and shit to the movies for these movies. Like, do you I, have the wands? I do have a Harry no, Potter collector dude, wand. What? I, <laughs> I, I think you like had a tattoo on your forehead. There was a lightning <laughs> bolt at one point. Did you like take the trivia, be, figure out what house you're in? <laughs> yeah, Slytherin. You guys, no, you're Hufflepuff. Were you Hufflepuff or no, sure? No, wrong and wrong. Wow. Guess again. There's don't only two don't more. even say Gryffindor. I am. Wow. Oh, shit. I am. I took the Pottermore quiz. It's yeah, the official like quiz. Twelve times to get the answer. <laughs> nope, you only once. Only once. Um. Anyway. Uh. No. I. I. Um. These books were really special to me, like in a big, big way. I, they, the, uh, Sorcerer's Stone came out at a time when, God, how old were we? Like seven, eight? Like, I think we I feel were like in we fourth were, grade or fifth grade. Okay. So I don't know. How old was that? 10, 11? I don't know. I was young, but like I was 10. like old enough to like 
understand that this was a chapter book and like that I wanted to read it. And at that time during the summers, my mom would just like drop me off at my grandma's house and just be like, I'll see you in the fall, my dude. (laughs) And so like, I just like spent all summers in Yakima with my grandma and she lived in like a little mobile home and you know, there wasn't a lot going on and I was by myself, but what I did have, and she always like promoted was like reading and like getting into like books and shit. And so she got me the Harry Potter book and I like just ate it up voraciously. Like I was like, Oh my God, what happens? It was the first time that a book like took me away and like brought me to another world and transported me. And really, if I look back, I really feel like the Harry Potter books are one of the reasons why I became a writer because that feeling right there Mm -hmm. at my grandma's house, like literally just being like, Oh my God, is the next book out? I can't wait. I literally have Harry. I'm looking at my bookshelves. There's Harry Potter books in my bookshelves as I'm talking, which is funny anyway. Um, so the books had a huge impact on me. The movies, not so much like the movies I felt like just came out. I had to see them. They were later in, in the whole thing. I was cooler. You know, I was older. Um, Chemically straightened hair. Yeah, dude. Nobody understood me Black at that point. Nails. And like everybody understood Harry Potter. So I was like, oh, I can't do this. Um, and I and I think that there's like a I don't want to get too much into like the review, but like the classic, like the movies don't do it justice the books are so much better so on and so forth so i think that there's like a uh, kind of a dichotomy between these two concepts there's like the books that were like incredibly powerful to me every time a new one came out i felt like it was like literally gold in my hands i had to read it it was this big big deal and then the movies which were cool um i went to premieres like i've always been a nerd but um Just didn't line everything huh? you and ryan carter every <laughs> yeah. premiere yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, shout out to Ryan, who's probably listening. Yeah. Stuff, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and and um, yeah. So those are two different ideas. But that's just kind of how it how it intersected with me, my life. I think we can probably get into like what we thought in the in our grown ass man review. Yeah. Of yeah. these Harry Potter movies, I'm very excited. Yeah. So here's where I stand. I I remember that feeling. I read the first book, Sorcerer's Stone, like cover to cover, when like the first few nights I had it. Like I was like, I, and I'd never been a reader. Like that was the first time I was like, oh my God, I actually like reading and I want to know what happens next. Yeah, and then I remember going to like Borders and like the book was like on display and it was like, had like a halo around it. Like, oh. Yeah, dude. And just being like, <laughs> oh my God, it's the new book. Oh, and seeing like the art. The artwork was so great yeah. for the, like the age I was at. It was like, it was just so was appealing. Perfect. And like, yeah. I got lost in those books and like, I remember I would get grounded and sent to my room. I'd be like, sweet, I'm going to go read Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't care. And yeah. like, I got that way and I got through Prisoner of Azkaban. And then I don't know if I was just like super mature for my age, but I was like, I really want to read The <laughs> Hobbit. And so I pivoted and then The Hobbit was like the best book I ever read. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into this. super good. Yeah. Um, and so I remember that feeling and I, I never revisited it. And I feel like I missed out on continuing through the entire series because the book's Definitely hit me differently. I mean, the movies, I feel like I had to watch as they came out mm-hmm. yeah. because of the age everybody was yeah. at and the nostalgia factor. Super popular. Super yeah. Po- and like, like if you go, if you grow up with it, kind of like we did with Marvel, yeah. it would, it would hit differently. Going yeah. back in your thirties and watching these movies, it's just not going to be the same. Especially for the first time ever, yeah. which my wife did with me. She had never seen Harry Potter. That's surprising. And so like I walked her through all these Harry Potter movies. Well, at least I grew up like really, really Christian. Like uh, yeah. super, super duper. Like it was like, oh, can't do that. That's not godly. Um, my dad wouldn't let me play Zelda because there was magic in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, so, I yeah, feel my, my mom threw Blade out and the uh, Swisher Stone Disney movie out because yeah. that was Well, magic. Blade is 
vampire. It's pretty but, dark. Yeah, it's pretty dark. But it was a comic book movie. How dare you, mother? Uh, <laughs> how dare you? I think that like the, uh, one thing I want to touch on too is that like if you did get hooked on the Sorcerer's Stone at that age that we kind of both were at, and then followed that journey through to its conclusion, what ends up happening is that, and the b- movies kind of capture this, but obviously the books do a better job, is that you really start to kind of experience a lot of first, like through the entire anthology. Like I remember the first time I ever cried reading a book was like when Dobie died. And the first time I like was scared was like when Voldemort and Harry were fighting. And the first like crush was Hermione. And like Mm -hmm. all of, there was like a ton of first and, and like all of that came from reading, not from seeing with my eyes or like watching something on TV or a movie or anything. And I think because it came from these books and the anticipation that led me to like want to, read other books. I ended up reading Lord of the Rings and reading like a bunch of different shit. And then I think that like my kind of, I want to be a writer came initially from my love of reading and my love of reading, I think can really start at Harry Potter. Like for real. I think a lot of people can. And yeah. I think that that's what brings these people back to these movies. Cause like you can rewatch it because it brings you back to when you're in that formidable year. Like, yeah. Everything's impacting. Plus it's easier than reading a book all over again. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. You can yeah. put it on the background and do whatever you want to do. So, yeah. so I thought that the movies were actually better than I expected. Cause I used to talk a lot of shit about them, even <laughs> though I didn't know what I was doing, which I, I do all the time. Um, and love actually, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> never even seen it. <laughs> never going to get over it, dude. You've got to uh, watch it sooner or later. Um, we'll have a, we'll have a movie night. So I, I thought that still my hatred for Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter continued. I felt like he was just, annoying i don't think that the acting was great they were kids but kid actors nowadays i mean stranger things like there's 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 it's just a whole new level now Um, yeah but do you think that all the kid actors were bad no okay so i feel like daniel rock because i just like there was great performances from kid actors in, in the films so that yeah so you're right i just didn't i didn't like his acting i thought it was poor um but you know he's gone on to have a great career so like i i'm probably alone in that bucket as well uh, I have a take on this, and I don't know if... I'm, I think I'm just going to wait. Let's circle back. Okay. I'll let you finish. I thought the world was... You know, it brought me back to the first three books. Like, oh, I do miss this world. And it's so, like, there's so many cool creatures and so many cool ideas and the different Very spells and everything is so, like, there's always a new area they find with this whole new history yeah. and dark past. Very and, believable, you know, for how out there it is. Yeah. It's so fleshed out that it's like, oh, I can see that. There's almost, like, a reason why everything is as mm-hmm. it is, and I think that, that it's immersive. And it's it immersive. makes you want to, like, God, I wish I would have went to that school. You know, I yeah. wish I would have been a part of that. And there was this it, – there was, it got more adult than I thought it would, you know, with, like, the people dying and the darkness and the crazy creatures and, the like, the, the – I wish you would have finished the series, dude. Yeah, I, I will. Okay. I will. Um, I just – I started watching Jack Ryan, and then I got kind of pulled off that, so um, – <laughs> But I, I, I thought it was better than I expected. I did think it was, you know, still kiddie at times, which is going to be. It's a kid's movie. I just feel like I don't have that connection to it that other people do, so I don't love it. Like, I don't want to yeah. go back and rewatch any of them. Yeah. But I did not I did enjoy the, enjoy the ride, and I do want to see it come to this You condition. should finish the series, and then let's do an Instagram reel about, like, your your take on, like, the last yeah. couple movies. Yeah. All right. I want to see Dumbledore get murked. <laughs> um, I will say that I do love the movies. The first two movies are directed by Christopher Columbus, which is the director of... Um, Home Alone, am I right? So, and he wrote here on the Mayflower. Oh shit! Yeah, and so there you get those two different vibes, and the first two were definitely more children. Damn, that's crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah, and so, and then you get into where you get into the third book, where you they actually made a big SNL snit, uh, 
skit about this where Hermione grows up and they had um, yeah, Lindsay Lohan <laughs> play her role. Yeah. <laughs> so Emma Watson is clearly like hit puberty. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she started being taller than everybody else, and so um, there's a different transition in that. I will tell you, um, since we've talking like comparative, like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> I felt the movies were better than the books. Which I love the books, but the movies, Damn. Did, the movies didn't skip a beat. I don't know, better stuff, but they were fucking yeah. epic. Movies. I think as far as like movie adaptations from books go, Lord of the Rings is pretty much the pinnacle of yeah. being able they, to do. They that. did a really Peter Jackson did was a like, really good job with that. I've never Maybe, seen it done better. Um, uh, on this version, the books are obviously better than in the, the movies. Quite like, a bit, yeah. By and quite so a bit. it just depends on how you you viewed it. You know, you didn't really get through the books as much, and you maybe start with the movies. I love the movies. First, I saw the movies first and then read the books, so mm-hmm. my like opinion on that kind of didn't really falter as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it was just it was a good it was a good like I it was a good experience and it's a good experience for my children that come up. To be honest with you, it's going to be it was kind of like that annual tradition to have a Harry P- Potter movie come out like every yeah. single year, and you're just kind of like waiting for it. And, yep. And so I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Which then Disney did that with Marvel, so it kind of continued right after that. But mm-hmm. um, yep. it's kind of wild knowing that those kids are in their thirties now, and you're like, man, like us. Yeah. yeah, it's so <laughs> who wants odd. to be in their thirties? Yeah, it's so wild to to know that because you watch that when you're a little bit older, realizing that crap, those those kids are actually probably our age or something, you know? And wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like they're that. like thirty. Three or something like that. Here we are, like married with kids yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, man, time flies. That's yep. crazy. Yep. So, I, I, um, I think the movies are good. I think that they get better as the series goes. And I think what's cool about these movies is that they mature with their actors, with their cast, and with their audience. So, like, as everybody keeps getting older, the movies become more and more of a movie that you'd watch mm-hmm. like now. And then as the, like the very end of the series, um, the movies end up being like movies that you would watch right now. Like they're just like really good movies either way. Um, and the stakes kind of get uh, more real. And I think that's cool. Um, one of the things I noticed on this watch through that I've never noticed before is how much I low key kind of hate Harry. <laughs> yeah. like I've never noticed this before, but like now I've, as I rewatched it, I was just thinking, I couldn't stop thinking how like, Harry Potter as a character, and I, I so I, I, I guess I want to touch on this because you're saying that you didn't like Daniel Radcliffe's acting. I didn't like the and character. I'm almost regardless. thinking, I, yeah, I'm almost thinking like maybe he just had a shitty role because Harry Potter as a whole is like a martyr. Uh, he's not even. I mean, a martyr dies for something. He's not a martyr. He's more like he just complains about everything. He's he's just perfect. You know, like he's perfect from from start to finish. He has no flaws. He's not scared of anything. He uh, always wins. Uh, he always not by of, his own doing either. He always gets yeah, bailed out. He always gets bailed out. He, um, he always kind of you know has the support around him that he's that's needed. Um, he always uh, you know finds a way to like have the secret power and like the whatever. And I just feel like. As a hero, like as as the leader of your your story, the most interesting parts of Harry Potter to me now are like everything around him, like the Severus Snape, the Albus Dumbledore, the Hermione Granger, the Ron Weasley, the twins, like everything around Harry is what's a serious black like all that is rad. Harry himself is almost like a blank canvas. 
Like, he's not even giving you anything. He's kind of just there helping push the plot forward. Even Voldemort is way more interesting. Oh, yeah. Tom Riddle, like, that's a great villain. Yeah. But then Harry gives you nothing in return. And I guess I never noticed that my first ever. You know, I haven't watched the movies in a while, but that was one thing that, like, stood out to me. Um, Can I comment on that? Because that stuck with me, too. And I feel like I was always, I was trying to figure out why I hated Harry so much, but I liked Frodo so much more. And they have very similar kind of characteristics. They're, like, the center of the story. They trip and fall into success. Like, they don't really have the most epic, like, powers themselves. Harry gets powerful. But, like, Frodo's not, didn't belong there. He just had a pure soul to carry the ring. And he seemed to, like, luck out here and there and get his ass saved here and there. But he was never, like looked at like Frodo was a god like it was always but Harry is but he's still doing the same things that Frodo's doing and I think the Lord of the Rings did such a good job of making the protagonist dependent on his surroundings and building up the surrounding cast the way you rooted for them and then Frodo's just the transporter and like yeah and he never was like billed as anything other than the transporter right. I would also argue that Frodo showed a lot more fear Yes. In a lot of different like which is a relatable thing I think that uh, like a character need, needs to have it's like He's scared of shit. I'd be scared of shit in that. And I think that Harry is always like, let's run right into this danger. And it's so like, brave with his sword. Yeah, fighting dude. A giant and it's like, snake. what the fuck? Why are you running at the fucking basilisk? Yeah. You're 13. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> 13. I, I, I feel like that part kind of didn't, didn't get me. And I also, I also think that Lord of the Rings, um, gives you protagonists like alongside Frodo. Yeah. That, um, you fucking love like who doesn't love Aragorn right he doesn't love he's, Legolas yeah he's amazing Gimli like a man Gandalf like amazing um and Harry like it's kind of his show honestly like Hermione Ron like they're there but it's kind of Harry and I just feel like he doesn't give you a lot so I think that's like my my big note uh about the series other than that though I mean I don't know dude I mean I already talked about how much the books mean to me um the movies I think are okay um Let's talk about what you think is going to come from the game. I think the game, bro, the game is about to be f- like, so it's, it's not like Harry Potter. Like you're not playing as Harry, right? You're going to be playing as like your creative character. Okay. And it's going to be like a complete open world. It's like an open world RPG. So it's mm. like an Elden Ring or like, which by the way, I'm playing right now, which is like, same here. Are you really bro? Oh I started my God. playing that game and we I got to talk about that off mic, oh my dude. Yeah. I got wrecked Holy so many times. Shit. It's, it's tough. I'm not used to playing. I'm dropping games. hours. It's fucking Ring hard. Right man. It's yeah. so good. Game of the year. Chef's kiss. Um, but anyway, it's like that. It's open world where you create your own character, and I and I, from what I understand, is you get placed in your house, like, and then you get to decide like what. There's 190 kind of, different character like uh, archetypes you can be like, which is which is just pretty much everything you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And they they've included um, the uh, the forbidden curses in there, mm-hmm. so you can like if you want to specialize in the dark arts. And like be like, oh really? Like that type of dude, Ooh, that's and just cool. like fucking crucible curse people and shit. Like you can do that, or you can go a different route and be like more of a noble person or whatever. So like it's literally kind like a fable. It's kind of like fable. Yeah. I was just gonna say that it's kind of like fable, but set in Harry Potter with way better graphics, um, and the combat looks like very snappy, super quick and cool. So I think you start at like level five because if you start at level one, you wouldn't be able to do shit. And I think you start with power. Like you start with mm-hmm. abilities and spells. Yeah, you come into Hogwarts, you're like a late. Uh, joiner of Hogwarts. You st- your character starts as like an older wizard starting as a first year that's just got discovered. And it's based in, eight- starts in 1890, which is like... Pre-Harry. Eight years after Dumbledore was born, so like... Okay. They, he might make an appearance in the so game, but he's not going to be Dumbledore. Beasts yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think the main... Um, 
kind of story plot is something to do with goblins. Like there, mm-hmm. it's like there's like a goblin rebellion against the Ministry of Magic, and so there's like a civil war kind of going on between goblins and wizards, and you're like kind of put in the middle of that, and you got to like navigate that. So I don't know. I think it, it sounds. I've been looking forward to it. I mean, I'm deep into Elden, Elden Ring right now, but as soon as Hogwarts Legacy drops, like that's getting on the list, and so we gotta. It's been play five years that. in the making, so they're doing their due diligence, yeah. researching all of the lore of Harry Potter and having like, yeah, it's gonna have a lot of history to it, but a lot of new characters that we're not exposed yeah. to, and there's gonna be some canon. That I'm sure Dumbledore's gonna make an appearance. I'm sure there's gonna yeah, be some characters. Yeah, for sure. Got it. But uh, it's I, I'm really excited for it, and I haven't been playing video games that much. Like I'll buy Elden Ring and play it for a week, and then I just forget about it. And I want to really get into this game because I now that I've recently watched the movies, and it's how this game is built to be. I think yeah. it's gonna be a lot yeah. I, yeah, we'll we'll play the game, and then we'll we'll talk through it. I think they're gonna bring back a lot of people similar to me out of their anti like gaming retirement. And bring it back in because this is going to hit so much nostalgic nerves. So you literally become a grown up, and then they're like, "No, come, come back. on back, yeah, come on guess back, what? guess what? Come on back." All the here, boy, here, boy, all the come males. on, and you're just like, "Okay, shake the okay. stick." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm definitely getting it. I mean, I haven't. There's there was a gap for sure for video games. You know, we, we Spider Man came out, and then like Spider Man Two came out, and then there's this huge gap between that, and then Elden Ring came out. You know, I played. Uh, um, Still waiting for the next Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the, uh, that they're Tosh- about to drop a new one. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and then you got the you know, uh, is it the Island of Toshima or whatever that came out, um, and which was amazing by the way that one. But mm. now you got this. So I mean, they really are sucking our generation back into the gaming stuff. And I chose. I never left. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's been there the whole Zach's time. That's the truth. True. Um, yeah, I never left. But I, I, uh, sometimes I wish I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I see his uh, makeshift uh, bed over here in his gaming room. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna get into it. I'm, I've designated Friday nights as my video game night, so I can nice. stay up to like two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the way. That's the grown up way to do it. Yeah, that's the so way. that's what I'm yeah. doing. The kids asleep, wives asleep. Yeah. For me, I have like certain things I need to hit in the day. Yeah. Like if I'm like, okay, if I've checked like this box, this box, this box, this box today, mm-hmm. then I can play games. Yeah. But if I haven't checked those boxes. Then like I just don't let myself sit down because it's like, bro, you're not done with the day. Yeah, you got shit to do. What are yeah. we doing here? Yeah. So yeah. that's how that's how I've approached it in 2023. In yeah. 2022, I just fucking play games whenever <laughs> I want. No, no writing. No. Yeah, bro. I mean, exactly. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> None of that, bro. Well, it's been three weeks in 2023, so let's see how long that continues. <laughs> hey, um, this trophy husband's got to keep his physique. Yeah, you know? that's how you do so it. I only got one thing going for me right now. Got to <laughs> get the bacon going. But before we move on, I just I one I also want to say when you guys are watching the movies. Were you guys crushing on Hermione Granger? Was that a thing for you, or was that I was? I did early on, like when I was watching him, like when I saw when you first saw him, like yeah, yeah. And I was always I remember I was so mad because I was like, how does Ron pull Hermione? Like that? There's just no fucking. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's all I needed. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't because Alicia was like clowning on me. For like you crushed on Hermione as a kid. What are you talking about? Emma Stone's a bit. And I'm like, bro, or Emma Stone. What? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Everybody, every kid, yeah. boy would look at Hermione Granger and be like, "That's a baddie, bro." Like I'm trying to find Hermione Granger, especially so. the hair when she's like 12. <laughs> the curly? <laughs> no, just the fucking the big poof. Yeah. The poofed. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So I'm not alone. That's all I need no. to know. That's all I need to know. And just on, on video games, I watched the first episode of The Last of Us. We're gonna have to do an episode. I Ooh. we're gonna have to do a whole segment on that. Yeah. I. We'll do that when we do that. I, I haven't watched anything. I also haven't played the games because I'm pretty. I haven't played the games. They're PlayStation either. exclusive. Yeah, so, I, played the, I played the first one. I've heard great things great. about that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, all right, we'll be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Action City Comics who have been with us from the very beginning. Love you guys. Uh, they have our picture up on the wall in there from 2000 and whenever. That's how long they've been with us. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to know where the, you can look for them on Instagram, Facebook, they got a new Facebook group coming out where you can do auctions, exclusive books. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we love them to death and we appreciate them. So Federal Way, Washington. Go say hi to my best friend, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Love you, Action City. I know a lot of rich, white, fucked up people. So let's have fun, okay? <laughs> so that's Jordan, kind of the synopsis. Do you classify yourself... In that demographic is rich, white, <laughs> fucked up person. Well, I'm not rich. I am white. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you're looking a little bit bougie, bro. Come on. I let's, am let's not. Get real. Just because I want to TikTok dances doesn't mean I'm bougie. <laughs> you're very bougie. Oh, my God. Uh, no. By the way, who loves Jennifer Coolidge? I, I love her and everything she's actually been in. Jennifer it. Coolidge started as Stifler's mom and just fucking and shot up has the made, ha, And has made a career... Honestly, of playing the same fucking character mm-hmm. <laughs> in every single thing she's been in, man. Well, have you, yep. have honestly. you guys ever seen her in Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah. she's the masseuse. <laughs> yes, he just wanted yeah. to get a massage from her I just, every fucking She wouldn't time. do it. She actually was kind of normal in that. Yeah. I feel like everything, I haven't seen her in Seinfeld, but I, I feel like everything I see her in, she's the same, the same character. Person. She plays she's the, the same person. dissy, dumb, rich housewife with like just the most space cadet thoughts and statements. And yeah. It, she She's in Best in Show. She's great in that. I mean, she's great. She's in Legally Blonde. She plays the same yeah, character Legally Blonde. Yeah, exactly. She's just a fantastic character. Yeah. I think works in any... It works and you love it. And, and this show revolves around those type of characters. So this show is like a perfect mm-hmm. centerpiece yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, she's a mess here. <laughs> this is it. This is the car the onion. And I don't want to... I want you to get out of here and save yourself because I'm just like a, I'm like a dead end, you know, that just has a trap door and I think you should get out. Dude, so good. (laughs) She's just so good, man. But it's like humorous of how like she gets so upset about stupid shit. And after that, the guy's just like, you want me to take your dead mother's ashes? (laughs) Yeah, just take them and get the fuck out. Um, White Lotus is a very interesting show because it's so many levels polarizing. It is. People are talking about it. Some people don't like it. A lot of people love it. I, I some th- people don't like. I, I, I is this people you know personally, or have you like seen online that people are shitting on it? Uh, just online. Like been, okay, just online. online. And, I, and I think the reason is because it's so unnerving. Like it's just really oh, it uncomfortable, out emotional things. That you're like, man, I do not like feeling this during a show. Like what, it, dude? Yeah, Whoa. I have like several examples. Oh like, my god, I'm so like. So ha- well, Jr. Jr. gets nervous when he sees boobs. So That's not that makes him well, a little. It's man boobs that make me nervous, but. Man buns uh, get but you man excited. buns though. Man mm. buns get me excited. He is bad at. He's an ass man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's two seasons out. It's on HBO. I think that uh, I have my opinions on the season to season play, but I watched them all because I didn't watch the first season until the second season came out. I watched it in one succession. And I watched them all. Yeah, through and through. Um, I thought it was just a great satire on the the darkness behind the wealth mm-hmm. of like. The picture looks great on the outside, then you get to the the core of the onion, and it's just dirty and rotten. And I have a theory on that, but we'll get into that later. I just mm-hmm. I, I thought it was so well done. It's done by uh, 
God, what's his name? Mike White. Mike White. Mike White, who did my rock. favorite movie of all time that I didn't know about. One of my favorite movies, which is weird. Orange County. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. Ain't we would have that rock. movie on repeat in yeah. my room growing up. And that movie's amazing. Yeah, and he did this Soundtrack's one, too. Amazing. And it's like, yeah. dude, that, that dude's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, he's genius. And it always starts with a murder. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who died. You don't know who did the murder. And then the whole series or season is just playing out. Yeah, it kind of gives you like a circular n- narrative, right? So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you this whole like... D- w- this beginning, or I'm sorry, this end, yeah. and then you're like, how does this, how do these characters kind of develop through that? And you know the ending, but how do they develop? You know, end ending. Yeah. You don't you know, know who or right. what. You yeah. know, it's yeah. So it's like a whodunit. Like yeah, they set maybe. it up initially as a whodunit, and you, know, you kind of have to paradise like, resort the whole time you're watching. You're kind of like in that, like, okay, was it you? Was it you? Like, yeah. Who did it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that the score makes the show. I think that the, the music it's really good. It's it's crazy because it's like stylistically. You think it wouldn't fit? Like I, I, I want to talk about the intro specifically. Like mm-hmm. the the music is like iconic, right? Like it's very kind of epic. Mm-hmm. And then like it, there's these huge like sweeping shots and these very like Lord of the Rings esque like statues and all these like crazy things. And then it just cuts to like you know Coolidge crying over <laughs> her mom. So it's like it's like this. Thing, this fit that doesn't really feel like it fits, but then it just does, and it, I don't really know. It's like overwhelmingly how that beautiful, and then it cuts to this. You know, being fucked up the ass. Like, is that fucking Steve's eye? I mean, it must feel kind of good, otherwise, you wouldn't keep doing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to find out? Do you want to find, find out? <laughs> <laughs> cuts to that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve's on in the first season was probably my favorite. Like, he I was, was so excited to see him, to be honest. So with you. oblivious to, like, like when he's trying to give his son, like, father-son talks about <laughs> life, and he can't even figure out his own shit, like, the whole time, which was a common theme. I feel like the people were looked at, like, as the pillars of the family, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing with seasons. Did you guys watch both seasons? Yep. I, yep. Same thing with seasons two with the guy from uh, Sopranos, um, the sex addict, the guy who was trying to get his wife back. Uh, Dominique DeGrasso. Uh, that was his character, yeah. Um, Michael. Michael Imperioli. Yeah, so he was like nominated for an award recently, and like they're like, the guy from White Lotus. It's like, he's from fucking Sopranos. But Sopranos, I was getting labeled as the, yeah, the White Lotus. Yeah. But like he was like this rich, wealthy man, and he still didn't have shit figured out. And like he, it's just kind of cool how everybody's still figuring out their life, and they're all a mess, mm-hmm. no matter how much wealth or per- pristine they have on the outside. I want to talk about those those characters, those three. Like, so it was the dad, the grandfather, and then the son. Yeah. Uh, I have heard both from personal friends that have watched the show and, like, online that the purpose of those characters was to represent the three different generations of... Oh, fuck sexism? What? Not sexism. It was, it was like, uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see that... And I'm wondering if you guys do. I can see it. Walk me through it. Well, the grandpa was just vo- vocal about his about women. Like he yeah. would compliment women over the top very yeah. aggressively, and he would. I say, see it for the grandpa and the dad. Obviously, say like it had dad. nothing to do with it. The son is when I where I don't see it. The son is super feminist. Like he's super pro women. Like he's offended. Well, he thought he could be the the hero too, though, right? So mm-hmm. isn't that like a massive like? He, oh, I could save you. Let me save you no matter what. Even though they're telling her, look, you're not going to save her. Is that toxic masculinity? So he's still, his, I, I he's still his father's son. Like, he wants yeah. to, I mean, and also, I don't know if and that ties into it. I think he's so anti 
masculine like toxic masculinity that that's like the new generation the that's how generation. like that's how our generation of toxic masculinity yeah. presents itself it's like it's super like, sexist we're so feminist but let me save you i can save yeah. you from this <laughs> well i mean he just i mean he fell into a trap of a yeah, yeah a hooker yeah. that there's a line that he has that people keep like bringing i've had this conversation with a number of people but um and the, the line that keeps being brought up is the one he says where he talks about the broken bird uh-huh. And it's initially when he meets the, um, uh, what's her name? The uh, prostitute? No, not the prostitute, but oh, the other uh, girl. Uh, Portia. Portia, um, yeah. yeah. And he meets Portia, and they're talking about like their you know love life or whatever, and he says, uh, the broken birds always seem to find me. And that's like red flags everywhere, like toxic masculinity, I guess. I guess I'm just saying I don't see that. Like I feel like he just is trying to do the right thing. Maybe I'm Jesus, see, guys. Am I toxic mask? Well, I, I think we all. That's what's be, happening here. Like, is that why I can't that. see it? We could all have that. Oh my god! Just I thought you had more self awareness to identify that earlier Yikes. on. But no, well, I, I think his side of it is like, yeah, the new culture where everybody is like so like aware of it that they yeah. are going the other way, like to push back. And the dad, I think, was so he he just felt like he was doing nothing wrong. The grandpa felt like he was doing nothing wrong, and they're both just that's like, how they grew up. This yeah. is yeah. Where, you know, yeah, she yeah. on her wife. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I get the generational, yeah. you know, yeah. di- di- you know, difference, and maybe. That's but the just dad like, was so that's the I think the big difference is the grandpa was like so oblivious that he was doing anything inappropriate. Like she, we were in love, and he's like, Dad, no, you weren't. She yeah. was miserable. Yeah, we were in love. We overcame it, and then he, the like the the dad, but the, not the grandfather. Yeah, he was aware of it. He just yeah. couldn't stop himself. Like, yeah. he was aware of what he was doing, mm-hmm. and he felt terrible about it, but he continued to do it. Yeah. The son was so aware of it that he didn't want to become either of his dad or his grandpa, so he was going the opposite direction. Yeah. So I think I think there's definitely levels and generational gaps there, but they all end up doing, fucking falling for the same but thing. But I think, like, what, what kind of ties the circle in the end is, like, the very last scene of the very last episode when that girl walks by, mm-hmm. and then all three of them are yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, same. They're all so the same. Like that's the one that, like, so when true. people say that, I'm like, all right, I see it there. But yeah, anyway, that was like an interesting little little tidbit. There's a lot of depth to this that I think that we can't even really scratch the surface on, like the just the societal themes and the the generational gaps, the you know, yeah, the the, the income, like the, the yeah, the family uh, set up with the, in the first season with Steve Zahn and his wife, and you know, infidelity, and then the daughters just kind of doing whatever they want, and then friendship oh, the not being friendship, a mess, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. then the kid, the, the kid son, was kind of a cool story. He kept yeah. sleeping on the beach, and then he, he just wanted, to, he just wanted to live, man. He just, he just wanted, wanted to, to get live, out there. and I, yeah. I thought that was a great ending for that one. Yeah, he you couldn't know? get off his iPad. Yeah, he just yeah. gave it all up just to be on on a you know on a a rowing a rowing crew and travel the world, which is. Kind of, um, which I do love about this show. They give you all this depressing stuff, and then all of a sudden, you kind of, at the, you know, they're like, "Hey, this is, you don't have to be this way. This is your light out. You know, change who yeah. you are, mm-hmm. and that's okay to be different." You yeah. know, um, so. I think I speak for us all when we're all big Shane fans. I think <laughs> Shane was the icon of the first season. <laughs> I haven't watched it for. I watched the second season, and the first season I watched when it came out. It's been a while, so. Oh really? You watched yeah. when it came out? I didn't know it. Yeah. Uh, Shane was the prick that kept wanting the room that he didn't get. And oh, called oh, mommy. Jake, oh, yeah, Jake Lacey, who plays a really awful character on a uh, Peacock no, show. He's on The Office too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, he's just the worst yeah. character. And that was agitating because he did get his way at the end, and you're like, you fuck, you got your way from the very beginning to, and he's this ultra. Well, he ends also murders a person. And so that's, he has that yeah. on his yeah. watches. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, so there's a movie that came out recently called The Menu. 
I don't know if you I ever just heard watched of it. it. Oh, you just watched I it. I just watched it. So I the main guy it. in the menu that plays Beast, I can't remember his name, the actor that was not the main, the guy that starts off and he's like the real super fan and ends up yeah. hanging himself. Yeah. He uh, he gives me super Shane vibes. It's like the most annoying, uptight, like fucking entitled, yeah, entitled. white male prick. Like you can yeah. even possibly prick. Like they both play the characters really well because they're yeah. both super hateable. Yeah. Um, but the menu was an interesting movie. But yeah, I, I thought that. Every so here's my opinion on the first season versus second season because I think a lot of people are saying the second season was like leaps and bounds above the first season mm. uh, uh, from a review well. standpoint. I I'm it. on the other side of the fence. I think that so the first season was filmed during COVID. First off, so like they didn't have access to the crowds and the groups mm-hmm. and like a lot of the cutscenes are kind of drawn out with the waves and everything because they had to fill time. They didn't have the opportunity to do what they did in season two where they go to Which Italy is, and have like the full streets. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah. They have access good, to that, so I thought they did a good job with that. But I also felt like it was more like small the first season like it was more like you really like were with these people and you saw them on this like isolated trip and then Mm -hmm. season two was kind of just like a lot more shit was going on which is a sequel always has more action and everything but i also feel like season two was just a bunch of fucking it was very sexual it was like the horniest season of any show i've ever seen in my life yeah but i feel like it was like there, there was like fucking for sure but i also feel like there was like wildly sexual undertones in scenes that weren't supposed to be sexy at all. Like, I don't know what, I don't, I can't think of a, of an exact example. Well, I, just, well, I guess I actually, I can. So like, I feel like there is a moment where, and this just came off the top of my head, but like Audrey Plaza's character like goes away to, um, you know, some other area of the resort with, uh, the other wife, the blonde girl. Yeah. yeah the blonde girl, uh, who pretends to not think oh, that her uh, husband's Daphne, cheating on Daphne, her. Daphne. Yeah. Daphne. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's a whole thing we talk about. But, like, they go away, and, and they're just hanging out. They're going on a shopping spree. They're, like, in a room together, and they're, like, talking. And, you know, like, kind of, like, it's, like, character exposition, like, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like during that scene, like, just the way it was, like, shot and, like, the music and the lighting, it was kind of, like, they're just talking about, like, their lives. And, and they end up, like, getting into this iconic line where she shows the picture of, like, the kid, and it's, like, my train or whatever. But before that part, mm. I feel like I'm watching this, and I'm, like, are they about to smash? Like, there's just like, <laughs> that was every there's like scene. a constant question in my mind. And there's like, there's nothing happening. Like from a dialogue perspective, from like a, any, like that's like suggests that they are about to smash. But it, the question, it was in my mind regardless. And I feel like that is cool. Like that's cool because <laughs> I'm down with I'm that. I'm down with that because Mike White <laughs> said in the interview, he said, uh, season one was about like, I, I'm going to butcher this because it's been a while since I read this, but it, it was about one thing, like mur- murder or something. I forgot what Probably he said. Probably class. Sure. Season two is about sex. Season three is about death, I think he said. So he has these undertones that he's like pushing, and the undertone for season two was sex. And I feel like if that's what he was going for, he fucking did it. He I mean, really yeah. did it. It was, And I think that's cool. Okay, well, I mean, if it was, I just, I, I hate, so when I lose interest in a show, like, on, especially on a HBO or a Showtime, is when, like, they just rely on the sex to carry them through mm-hmm. and, like, get the, the watches. Like, Californication, I thought was a great show when it started, and then as the season went on, with, he just, he's just fucking everything that With comes. David Duchovny. Yeah. Yes. And, and he stars and writes it, so I always feel like that's an ego trip, or, like, you're fucking every young girl that comes to you, you're the star of the show, Why and you write Why would you write, write that? It's, you're writing it, might as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, like, that's, that's, that's when I lose sucks. interest in the show, when they they rely on that. But if this was like a theme to one season, cause I thought yeah. season one had some sex in it too, but it just yeah. wasn't like every fucking scene. But I also feel like we should make a dis- distinction because like there were sex scenes in season two, but not that many. 
Really not that many. I mean, I'm the trying, hookers had a couple. There was a threesome at one point. The dude fucked his uncle, or that wasn't actually his uncle. Oh, yeah. There was that. There was <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And then I think there was probably a sex scene between, like, that dude and the dude that fucked his uncle and that and Portia. So that's but, four. But yeah. they don't, I mean, they, I and think. And then Jennifer Coolidge got hooked up with that, like, hitman. Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge hooked up with a hitman. Well, you could tell Five. who was down with doing nude scenes and yeah, who dude, wasn't the dude down got, with yeah, it. So, the dude yeah. got blown, and he, she was, like, grabbing his ass when she was getting, like, the hooker. Oh, yeah. yeah there's Okay, so we're getting up there. <laughs> there's a lot. There. There's, there's a, yeah, there, that's a lot. I, yeah, you're right. Do yeah, you a lot think, of sex question, season two, and we're just getting into it. Do you think Harper fucked that dude? Cam. Can I take a step back from that question before I answer it? <laughs> I want to take a step back and talk about that storyline. That was my favorite storyline. It was great. Season. It was great. That was my favorite storyline of the season. Yeah. Um, what stood out to me the most was, and this was a surprise to me. I love Audrey Plaza. Aubrey. Aubrey. She's hilarious. You're surprised by that? Yeah. Oh, she's great. I man. guess I'm surprised by that, bro. Like I freaking love. I Did watched you Parks, Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah, I watched Parks and Rec. But in Parks and Rec, I I was. Ingrid goes west. Have you seen that? No, she wears a Batman outfit and like seduces this dude. You, I think I'd be into. Yeah, Ice Cube's Ice Cube's son is the Jordan. Were you into that? Yeah. No. So we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna be honest on the mic. Um. Okay. So yeah. So I watched Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. I just it didn't do it. Like I was like more into like Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec than like like I don't know. She's not a she's just a character. Anyway, she's like a Wednesday. Seeing her in this though, I feel like so. First of all, I'm into her. Second of all. This is a perfect character for Aubrey Plaza, bro. It's amazing. She's like this disgruntled wife. She gets to be like her, who she wants to be as an actress, where she just is like pissed and giving you the deadpan and like whatever, like that type of attitude. Like, I just feel like this character for her was so fucking rad. Mm -hmm. So that was like a high point for me. Do I think she smashed that guy? No, I don't. But she fully intended to before you. Yeah. Knock on the door. I think that her husband smashed his wife. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I feel like that 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 tension between those two couples, that sexual tension that held without there being a lot of sex scenes there is kind of what I'm talking about. Like I feel like there were a lot of sex scenes. And I agree. I, I feel like you feel like sex scenes probably like how I feel about gore, where it's kind of just mm -hmm. like a crutch at at a certain point and and like do better. It's funny that I didn't pick up on that because, um, like, as we started to list them, it actually got to a higher number than I thought. I thought there was maybe three. I doubled, like, easy <laughs> off the top of our head. But what I think is cool about this season is that he was able, Mike White was able to hold a attention of a certain shade of color without always having to use those scenes explicitly. And I think that one of the cool ways they did it was with those four characters. Like there was like so much sexual tension and undertone between those four characters without actually like seeing boobs. And I think that's cool. That's like cool writing to me. That's pretty good. I mean, you didn't have Zach's as much. Start nitty. writing erotic novels. I, I like it, dude. Yeah. Honestly, I I would kill erotic <laughs> novels, dog. dude. Oh my god, I enjoy that. So this chick walks in has hey, fucking massive hey, tits, and she hey. just slams this dude. <laughs> First of all, it'd be way better than that. <laughs> but also, if I've got nothing going by like forty-five, <laughs> honestly, nothing's published. Like, ain't nothing. Hey, I might. Well, uh, well now, put it past me. now I'm kind of rooting against you for the next 10 years because I want to see that <laughs> stage in your life. <laughs> the desperate erotic <laughs> novelist stage where it's like, all right, final <laughs> final attempt here. Uh, yeah, it's my Hail Mary. Sounds good. Yeah, I like it. All right, so, okay, you're season two. I'm season one. Where do you land, JR? I'm season one. 
Why? Um, I just, it was intense and it was great writing, I think. And, and not like season two wasn't great writing, but I was not, I had not seen any trailers. I had not even, I didn't even know what White Lotus was. Um, and so I think season one just, it was, every character was, um, I thought brought some kind of balance to the show or some kind of, hey, this is, you know, this is a great character. For, and every single one had that. Either one, he, he, at, the, at the end of the show, I was, I mean, at the beginning of the show, you're you're starting to hate or like, right? Because there's something somebody's dead, so you're like trying to figure out who killed that person, and then you're like, it's like a horse race between each character. This person's starting to, I'm really starting to hate this person. This person, I think, did it right. Kind yeah, of like you're for saying, sure. Who done it? And I felt like that. Real, I flew through that season so fast. Yeah. Um, the the second season, there was parts where Portia character really just drove me nuts, and I'm like, I don't want to watch. This, interesting I mean? yeah, yeah i liked when it turned on her though. i didn't i didn't yeah, i, I, didn't I feel did that. and i it was because of what she had done to um oh you Ari. felt bad for abby or whatever yeah and i'm abby and i'm thinking toxic masculinity and i'm like <laughs> here we go and, and and it's like um i felt like this it, it, it was so realistic but it's generation yeah <laughs> um, that's my generation masculine just keep going we're gonna talk about miss marvel again we're gonna talk about, <laughs> about captain america let's just go revisit it all um, I, I think I, it, her character drove me nuts just because she wasn't um, it wasn't a standout character to me and it, it, but it had important parts I mean Jennifer Coolidge is well, I loved her in that season more that than I did the broke first my heart. yeah and so I was like hoping she didn't die so I had to look it up and see she's like no I'm dead everybody like you I looked died. it up before you saw it no I watched, they found her body no but I, I just kind of like thought there was an opening somewhere and so I <laughs> read it and that's back? where I found out you know she won the Golden Globe you know for for this show and she talked about how each each one of these characters she's ever played throughout her career has taken her to the next one and so she was very thankful for that so it kind of led me that which was very thankful first speech for the golden globes was cool yeah it's amazing and so uh, i also think that sorry that that the way she dies is so frustrating to me because she gets away from everybody she kills everybody it's hilarious it's it's like classic it's perfect but she has the fucking stairs right there and she wants to jump the railing yeah it's classic classic white lotus it's also classic her character it is she probably wouldn't like she'd make a mistake at the end it's perfect it's frustrating but she wouldn't be killed though she would go out on her own like she would like wreck all these people and like she's not a victim but Mm. then she's an idiot yeah she does that dumbass thing yeah yeah so I mean, that's just kind of how I felt. The second one, I just wasn't um, as involved as I was the first. Like, I was like, man, I'm writing this note down. Man, I'm writing this note yeah. down, you know. And then the second one, I'm just like, okay, so this is what's going to happen with this character. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know. Uh, prostitute wants to play, you know, the piano. She's going to manipulate this guy. She takes his job, you know. Then she manipulates the girl. Yeah, she mani- manipulates the, the head. Another sex scene. Another, yeah, You're so, right, another sex scene. <laughs> Seven. Seven, wow. And so, and I, I didn't even think about the sex undertone. It wasn't, I, I figured HBO is sex undertone on everything, to be honest with you. So it wasn't like. They, they don't, do they don't shy away. Yeah, That's so it wasn't sure. like surprised or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think just the first one, the writing to me was just a, l- a little bit better. Each character was written, I feel like, a little bit more carefully than the second season, you know, than, than the first season. And um, I was thoroughly agitated and happy with the first season. Did you guys... Um, Guess what was gonna happen 
Like, did you guys pick up on who was going to be the body? No. On the first, no. I tried. On the second season? Yeah. Second season, they said it was going to be multiple people. They said multiple people have been drowned or drowned. So I I was like, so so not one person died. Yeah. So so I was thinking it was the four that were like at each other's throats. I for sure thought for most of the season that um, Aubrey's husband was going to rage out. Yeah. Something was going to happen in that four was my idea. Yeah. Um, I thought Jennifer Coolidge would die just because it looked like a setup. Her once, once I saw like the, when she head to the, yeah, once she started getting into like leaving and going, and then was, I kind of started. There's no like, explanation oh. as to why they were catering to her so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like she's and yeah. so I knew there was. But kind before of that point, I had no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do think that the biggest gap for me is uh, I like season one more, but also like Armand in season one was such a good character, mm-hmm. and I think that I liked him so much more than the manager of the second season. Like she was good, she was different. I just like Armand's character was fucking hilarious to me. Yeah, like, he was a star of his internal b- battle of drugs, and then he, oh man, he went from zero to ends up being that little like, like pool days. boys asshole. Yeah, yeah. just like god damn. Yeah, but uh, I thought that I thought yeah, I, I think I liked season one's characters more. Um, but but if you take Armand out, then that's not. I think you, I think Armand like season one is like. I like Steve Zahn. I like, like the sh- first Shane's character was so LeBron hateable. LeBron James on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, because it's like. LeBron, like Armand, is great, but after you take him out, like, is that still true, or is it just Armand's that? No, because I also even thought that like the the family that had like the successful wife and like the husband with the ball cancer or whatever, and and their kids, like that dynamic was more interesting to me than like the three men in the, in the yeah, second and the season. development of that was really good because then Steve Steve Zahn's character actually cheated on his wife, so he had to like come to terms. Yeah, you they, thought he was the victim they, the whole time. He found out he was actually the one. Yeah, that and she it. and she was, you know, I felt like you know that was kind of great. And then the friendship between the daughters was kind of intense too because you had you thought they were going in the same direction, and then all of a sudden they're not. And then when she went like astray she actually fucked up someone's life so she had to come back yeah she had to have it like had them break into their house you know so it's kind of like to me like each character was written just a little bit with more careful right just like and then the second one just like let's throw this group together let's throw this group together they all gonna fuck and they all gonna have sex and uh 45 year old zach speaking well yeah and so i think that that to me was i mean not like it wasn't enjoyable but i watch it in succession like like it's yeah, like I guys watch season one and season two back to back. Like yeah. one of the big differences is like I watched them as they came out. It's been a year plus since I've seen season one, so like maybe I should rewatch it. Um, I didn't know we didn't. You watched that, so yeah, that was like an audio on radar at the time. Yeah, um, which brings me to like my last and I think final question. We should probably wrap this up. Do you guys get why White Lotus is so popular? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I have no idea. To be, my, I'll go yeah. for it. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Because I hadn't heard of it, heard of it at all. And the only yeah. reason, obviously, because we did the show, but if I didn't, I wouldn't have watched it. It's not really like up you my You wouldn't app. have heard of it. I wouldn't have heard of it. I wouldn't okay. even pick. I seen it on HBO Max. So, like, your like, circle isn't talking about White Lotus. Not even close. And so, um, and Amber didn't even want to have anything to do with it. And so, it, for me, it was like, I'm not, 
I was actually kind of dreading, to be honest, when you guys said White Lotus. I'm like, what the fuck is White Lotus? I didn't even know what you guys meant by WL on our texts. You know, I'm like, WL? <laughs> That's why I had to ask. I'm like, what is that? What are we watching? And yeah. so, um, and I did dread it in the beginning because I'm like, okay, I got to watch this show that I've never heard of. And yeah. I could be watching something else. But, Were you uh, pleasantly surprised? Yeah, was, that was my next question. I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Writing yeah. is amazing, which is inspiring to write. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. I mean, it totally reminded me of a story I wrote when I was in like creative or, or art school and creative writing, and it was like, okay, cool. This is why I, I took that class, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I I not totally because I, you know, in in my circles, it's very popular. Mm-hmm. People are all talking about it. Um, I'm also aware of how popular it it is mm-hmm. and and continues to be. Um, but after watching it, like, I'm not sure I get. Why? <laughs> and that's not to say it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I feel like it's good. I feel like it's really good. I love Mike White. I love the characters. Yeah. Season one, season two, we're like arguing about which one's better, which just constitutes a really good show. It's really, really well yeah. done. And it's a cool whodunit. Um, and there's like, you know, intrigue and murder and sex and drugs and all that cool stuff. But like, it's to me, it just feels like a weird show to be the flagship for HBO. Like, it feels like it's like getting like, this like Game of Thrones level recognition right now, as wow. far as like how popular it is on HBO Max, and I'm just not seeing why it's that popular. I got I don't know how else to say it. Like I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I think that's part of the. It just doesn't allure. seem like a big deal. That's part of the but allure. It is a big deal. It's it's got the like you just kind of listed off a, a lot of things that people look for in shows. It's got the the who done it. It's got the the drama it's got the sexual tension it's got the beautiful imagery like the way that they shoot it is yeah, incredible cool. and that's alluring it's got the incredible score i think the soundtrack gets yeah. overlooked but it's in every it builds tension in every single scene as the music yeah. builds up and like you're just like ah, oh. like there's a lot of subtlety to it masked by beauty with like a dark center that like creates this allure that you're just really yeah. intrigued by so you think it's 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 as popular as it is because it's executed 100% at a highly high level. I think the cinematography has a lot to do with it. The writing has a lot to do with it. There's, there's great characters. There's, there's humor. There's, there's darkness. And I think a lot of the characters, the the struggles they're going through, a lot of people can relate to because it's a lot of like, very relatable. Yeah. Every single one. A lot of like self, self like evolving conflict. And just, there's just a lot of, it's just real. What character in season two do you relate to the most rapid fire? And then we wrap it up. Go season two. Yeah. Cause that's just, I can't do season one. I haven't seen it in a long time. Fuck. Um, I, mine's a prostitute. Just <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? Mine, mine is. Mine dude, is, that was so fast, mine too. Is, mine what? Is Lucia. what? Mine is Lucia. I'm, I'm, da- I'm down to work, and I need to make money. That's what I need to do. That's, That's what I need to do. That's Lucia. If I gotta sell my ass, I will sell my ass. I gotta bro. make money. I gotta, I gotta make produce. Money. We have a lifestyle. Uh, bro. I love how fast that was, dog. That was so fast. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I mean, logically, it would be Lucia. <laughs> Creatively, I have no fucking. Well, then, I, if you're Lucia, I'm Mia. Yeah, I'm, I'm the st- I'm the one who wants to be a star, and you're dragging me through this life of just, just poverty and dark, corrupting decisions. your soul. Yeah. But I just want to be on the stage and singing my heart. Hey, out, anytime you know? threesome with Jordan makes sense to me. Uh God. Zach's <laughs> gonna say he's Cam for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can already see that coming. Why would I gonna say I was Cam? God, I hope our listeners know these characters or else this is gonna be a total pointless exercise. Um 
I'm Ethan, man. Is that I'm the Asian Ethan. dude? Yeah. I thought about saying he's like kind of the bar. Sharp. He's kind of like the most yeah, normal. I thought about saying that, but he also just like won't have sex with Ivy Plaza and jacks off to his. Well, that's his the part laptop. I don't. I mean, this is a stupid exercise because of that, <laughs> for that reason. But no. I, had, I had to say somebody. Bro, if you need to talk, we can talk. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't. All right. On that note, we'll uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, Hopheads. We just want to take a quick moment to shout out our friends over at Hops Geek News. Hoppy Mommy and Mash have a podcast where they drink beer as well, and turns out they talk about nerd shit. So if you're enjoying this, you'll enjoy them. Uh, you can find them on the Hops News platform, anywhere you can find podcasts. And I uh, think when we went toe-to-toe woman, the nerd, battle, and they knowledge. did they did technically beat us, but like I kind of have a beef with that because they removed Jr., who's part of our team. That's like, true. So That's it's true. like, why would you? Why were? Why are we tying an arm behind our? Like, of course you and me don't know what we're talking yeah. about. So like, it's been I got a life. beef with that. I feel like we need a rematch, and I think we should have Jr. Yeah, it wasn't that bad though. It was close, it was closer than we than we thought. It wasn't that bad. That's encouraging. We <laughs> lost, but we, we we it was close. This was supposed to be an ad spot for Hawks Geek News, and instead Not it was a, just a, a fucking challenge. Challenge. <laughs> We're throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> so we'll Halloween, see you back out there. 2022. Matter of fact, don't even go fucking listen to this, guys. Just, just stay right here. No, we love them. Love you guys. Check yeah. them out. I like being an island. A well-fortified one surrounded by sharks. And here we are. We're back. Talking Wednesday <laughs> from Netflix. Yep. Jenna Ortega's Rise Breakout. to Fame. Breakout. Mm-hmm performance i will say she did break out a little bit in season two of you i don't know if you've seen that i have she was great I in that. Not. but what character did she play in? she was the little sister of the, like the manager of the apartment complex he was living in that she was like chris D'Elia was like creeping on her and he was trying to protect her oh she had a big role in that season i thought she was hilarious in that and she was like 10 or 12 or whatever and now yeah she's, this feels like to me like a full-ass breakout like oh, for she's sure. like a for star sure. now like i for feel like sure. she's like arrived yeah she's everywhere like, yeah. I mean, she's at all the awards now. She's, like, at the parties. I mean, yeah. All right, so let's start here. Who here as a child watched Babs Family? Not me. I know what it is. Right. And I know what it looks like. We're talking with, like, Raul no. Julia, right? And Christina Ricci. Uh, or, Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. yep. Okay, so. Who def- was in the show, by the way? Yeah, she was. Yep. She was um, Marilyn Thornhill. Mm-hmm. The sneak attack at the end. Yeah. Um. I never watched Adam's Family. I knew. Okay, so was. none of us did. I, I watched. He it. did. Okay. Yeah, Jared yeah. did. Okay. I feel like it was more of like a Tim Burton thing that Zach would have loved. So I'm surprised. It, it's directed by Barry Sonner. Yeah, but I was. It was too young. That's early think, '90s for, for sure. Um, it's actually one of Amber's. Actually, one of our favorite movies. I mean, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you have some some background here. You're yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great. It's actually Amber likes to fall asleep to it every once in a while. It's the Adam's Family movie, Adam's Family Value, which. Um, I mean, you got Christopher Lloyd in there, or Julia, mm-hmm. you know, um, which are amazing actors. And then, um, I always forget her name and, uh, the, uh, uh, Morticia, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great, it's the same director that did men in black. So it's got that same great intro, you know, you don't have those intros anymore. You know, you have just straight kind of starting to the movie kind of thing. So it's got that straight m- intro with the classic music and you know just the you know so it's it's pretty decent you know decent movie mm-hmm. and Rahul Julia's kind of tragic life a little bit kind of brings you into it as well you know died of cancer and stuff like that um played oh, M. Bison that. in the Street Fighter movie so oh shit you know kind of that kind of stuff so 
Crazy. You ever seen, you ever seen the Street Fighter movie? No. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of awful, but wait, that guy was in the Abbott's family. Yeah, he's um, he's uh, uh Gomez. Oh, Julia. I, I, I might be thinking of somebody else. I've seen M. Bison played by a guy that's still alive. I'm pretty sure. So M. Bison from the John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gotta look this up. You guys, go, you guys go on. I gotta look this up because I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing we somebody. Have to, we have in to my stop head. and look this up. This Street Fighter random Street Fighter <laughs> reference. Oh God. Um, <clears throat> so Wednesday. Um, I um, first of all, I just want to talk about how popular it is. This is like doing wildly historic numbers right now. Right. It's the second most watched show on Netflix. That's in crazy. Netflix's history. That's crazy. In the history of Netflix. That's insane. And yeah. it's only been out for like... It came out at the end of the last year, right? So yeah. November? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to imagine number one is Stranger Things, right? I would think so. It's got to be. But still, that's like insane. It's all, I think it's this already, surpassed Stranger Things, if I remember correctly. So it's the most watched show in I Netflix history? I thought that's history. what I heard, but... Either way, that's insane, yeah. right? It's over a billion streams on Netflix. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's everything right now. I'm happy for Tim Burton, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Tim Burton. I, I kind of didn't... I don't want to say I didn't think he could do it, but like a live action... Okay, let me actually take a step back. When I first heard of Wednesday without knowing anything about it, I mm-hmm. was... My expectations were super low. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I just wasn't I interested. was like... Yeah, Wednesday, like, it's a Netflix show about some girl, like, from the Addams Family. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't care. And then I got into it. I started watching it, and it's really good. It's really, it's really, really good. Really it's good. it's a whodunit. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's dark. It's well shot. Um, the music is really good. And Jenna Ortega is a fucking star, dude. She's a bona fide that play that superstar. Perfect. Yeah. Movie star, bro. Like, like I, I just felt like she shined in a big way. Yeah. Um, She's been smothering me with hospitality. I hope to return the favor in her sleep. Yeah, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, her She's one-liners amazing. are perfect. So yeah. good. Wednesday yeah. Adams. Yeah. And her vibe, her look is very Wednesday, bro. Yeah. Like, it's like she doesn't blink in like no. any of the scenes. She just like eyes wide, <laughs> looking down, like has this look about her, which I think is really, really good. Or cool. when she's delivering her lines, like no break, like just all straight. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what adds to the comedic value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she she just gets it, and she and she brought the character to life in a, mm-hmm. in a big, big way. And so I guess I'm I'm kind of blown away. I'm very surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Um, I think everybody's very surprised. I'm also really surprised, yeah. like, how well it's doing. I mean, it's already been renewed for season I two. I had no it's idea. It's one of the most successful shows that's, in the history wow. of Netflix. So. Yeah. We're talking about like a historic, historic show right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just think that's like pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. The, the it broke. What got me into wanting to watch it is that Melissa actually let me know like this show is breaking like all the streaming consecutive streaming hour records of Stranger Things. So like it was breaking the consecutive streaming. Like you would watch it and watch the next one, watch the next one, watch the next one. So like binging it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Stranger Things was also episodic, which I don't know if. Was Wednesday episodic or was it all released at once? I don't know because I watched it after the fact. I, I watched it, it later I watched it after too. the fact yeah, too. I'm not I sure. would guess it was all released at once. Yeah, so, so I, that could help to it too. But like yeah. also Stranger Things had two hour episodes and two and a half hour episodes. Way longer, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, regardless, it was a show that I was caught off guard by because how how well it was executed. I thought yeah. that I thought it would be like kind of cute humor, like a little kitty. And it, it was at times, but ultimately it was a. It's pretty gory. A range. Yeah, people of, died. 
Yeah, kids to adults could enjoy this, which is also appealing. The, the wide audience mm-hmm. of tracks. I think they hit that well though, because I think that's not easy to do. Like I think that Hell like no. in like boardroom meetings, like I'm sure like execs are saying like we got to cast a wide net, like as as like you know make it likable for kids and adults yeah. and like, like let's get the biggest audience possible and as like an actual you know filmmaker or writer like that's fucking hard dude it's hard to do well because if you if you try it i can't think of a bad example right now off the top of my head captain marvel maybe anyway if you try it <laughs> it's and, always and, a good bad example yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, <go> <laughs> yeah. but anyway like you, you can either make it too kitty or you can make it too adult and and so it's not easy. So I think that, like, it shouldn't be overstated or overlooked that, like, they did cast a white net and they executed against that, which I think is really commendable. Yeah. I And I understand the bitch thing because Amber and I really don't do the binge. Like, we'll, even when it comes out, we'll, like, take that in bites. But her and I actually, like, want to watch another episode? Yeah, let's watch. You want to watch? Shit, we watched, like, Same. three in one night and we're like, fuck, it's 11 o'clock at night, yeah. you know? But you like, want to know who the killer is. Yeah. You want to keep watching. So I thought they did a really good job and I could see why that record has been broken. I mean, um, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it tells a good mystery unraveling while all this cool stuff is happening around mm-hmm. it. Kind of like a Harry Potter. Like, Harry yeah, Potter has, castle, like, this cool yeah. world with all these weird things unraveling. And it did give me a Gryffindor, you know, Barry Hogwarts. Hogwarts-esque. Yeah, Hogwarts like, Nevermore vibe. was super dark. Yeah. Hog- Hogwarts. Like Monsters, this. yeah, like you, yeah. The kids live at the school. The like, they have, like, yeah, the powers and stuff, like, yeah. for sure. Which, I, which also, like, they didn't over-the-top that part. Like, it almost seemed like a normal school at times. Like, the, the powers came out sparingly. Yeah. And I thought they did a cool, like, way of viewing, you know, werewolves when they weren't in their werewolf form. They're just, like... Regular they act people. like dogs, but they're yeah, regular people. They're and like her yeah. roommate, I thought I would be annoyed by her the entire show. I actually thought she was a great character. I loved Enid, oh, I bro. Yeah. It. I loved Enid. Enid. I thought she was one of the best characters in the all show. The time, yeah. And her, the, her, Honestly, her she ending, blew me away, bro. Her, oh my god, when she takes on the Hyde, like yeah, that and was beats him, epic, and wrecks him. By she the couldn't, way, she couldn't transform, and then she finally finds the Howl, and then she just t- and oh, she's, a, she's a werewolf with like this pink fluff yeah. on its head. And then she just wrecks the Hyde. Oh, dude. I'm, it's interesting you brought that up because I loved Enid. Yeah, so I thought I, I would be not in yeah. love because I heard the way she like. Why so did like, let's like let's like take a step into that? Why? Why do we all love Enid so much? Why do we love her? Yeah, I think that she comes off initially as this shallow surface level Instagram like let's let's chat gossip, and then as she gets to like the, the room is divided by color, which is great. It's I think perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, and like she gets to like. You, you see another side of her where she's actually, like, willing to accept this other person that continues to push her away. Yeah. And, like... She just gives and gives and she gives. She gives and, gives and she has... She's just... Yeah, she's a giving person. She doesn't really have that shallow snobbiness. She's just, like, wants to be everybody's friend, and she really tries with Wednesday yeah. and, and, and ends up backing her and, like, helping her in these scenes. And she just never gets to a point where she becomes annoying, which I was afraid of. Like, she just... Yeah. She's just, like, willing and, and happy-go-lucky. And I think that's something that is necessary to contrast... Like the room set, like like shows it to you. Like she is the contrast to Wednesday. And yeah, it's for a sure. good balance between yeah. the two. Yeah, I think that's for me. That's you kind of hit the nail on the head yeah. with like that last point. Like I think that a show with Wednesday in the lead, where her character is like by design, deadpan, you know, monotone, kind of very dark, black and white. Enid was like the burst of color that I think the show needed mm-hmm. and like the, like the higher energy and the kind of commentary. And so I think that in the setting, it was just perfect. It was like peanut butter and jelly, like those two together because it created, like if you just watched, if Wednesday was in the room by herself, 
throughout the entire series, yeah, it would be a completely different series. Yeah. Right? As long as Thing is with her, because Thing is also awesome. Thing, Thing was cool, too. Thing was cool, too. And how they designed Thing to be, like, everybody's friend and, like, kind of a pet. <laughs> Everybody but accepts not, it. Like, but also had feelings and, like, kind of got shit done when for When he Wednesday. got stabbed, I almost cried. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, don't, don't, don't die. Yeah, Amber's yeah. like, they better not kill Thing. Yeah. Like, that's a, a foo-paw for sure. Yeah, and then, like, they had Fester with the fingers. Like, yeah. And it was Fred Armisen. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I think. Was that, that a thing in the original Adam Family? Sorry, did you have electricity? So like? the power thing was not in the movie. Okay, okay. So, but they were automatically, like, you could not kill the Adams Family, no matter what you did. Like, you could, you can electrify them, you can, you know, try and stab them, whatever. They had, like, the, I guess if they had a power, it was luck or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm, gotcha. But that's how, that's how they were. So these extra powers were kind of just another level. Was Wednesday honest. good at everything in, in the originals? Is that yeah, like a thing with the like character? Yeah, she was, like, perfect. Like, this perfect child, you know, but she was murderous, right? So she always tried to kill Pugsley all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so And it's funny because she's like, let's play this game. And he's like, cool. It's like playing, you know, tea cups and whatever. And she sets up a guillotine. She's like, let, you know, it's, and it kind of reference that a little bit in the in the show yeah but she's similar in that factor except for now um you know christina ricci was like 10 or something like that and so she this she's a teenager here apparently yeah. so it's a little bit different um in that aspect but yeah she was that and the one-liners were the same in yeah. the movie yeah so i thought that was great did you say that there was an original actor in the adam's family that's in the christina show Ritchie. christina ritchie who played wednesday? played wednesday yes oh is that the the one that ends up being bad the yeah teacher? yes no way <laughs> yeah, that's the original wednesday which threw me off by the way i, Holy I was like shit. that was a nice twist at the end yeah, yeah. it threw me Holy off shit. yeah yeah i definitely didn't I, my theory going into it so first of all I called that the barista boy so was eyed, like, so episode two. Same, yeah. same here. Amber episode did not two. want to believe it because she thought he yeah. was good looking. Melissa did. So. Oh, I fucking hated Tyler. He was my least favorite Yeah, part Amber show. loved his voice. I was like, why are you telling His me? voice is <laughs> so mopey. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I love him. I'm like, it's him. He has the Wait, same Melissa hair. Wait, Melissa loved Tyler too? No, she wouldn't believe me when I said that's the hide. She's like, no, it's not. Oh. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah. yeah did I, you guys play the Gason game the whole time? Like, did you guys try and figure out who oh, yeah. it was? Okay, yeah, yeah. For sure. That was the fun part about the show is you're trying to figure out. That's the best thing about a whodunit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Kind yeah. of like solving the murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I definitely called that. Um, I did not call who the Hyde was working with. I I for sure thought that it was the um, the therapist. Yep. Well, they had you believe in it for a little yeah, bit. And what's fuckers. cool about this show, too, what I like is that Wednesday's wrong a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a couple times where Wednesday kind of goes all in. On, on somebody. Well, she yeah. was torturing like, Tyler, and she was right there, but she yeah. was proven wrong at the right. time. Right. Or on the therapist when she's like, I know it's you, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I'm calling the cops, and blah, blah. She's kind of like, here are my cards. I'm all in. Like, And she's wrong about it. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit. And I think that's like a cool like touch of the murder mystery because then you're like, this is it. This is it. Oh, what the fuck? I'm yeah. wrong? Like, And then it's like a back to the drawing board moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thought that the... Uh, like Eugene is my favorite character. I just thought he was hilarious in every scene he was I in. I love Eugene. I feel bad for Eugene. Everybody feels bad for Eugene, but he ends up saving the day a little bit at the end there mm-hmm. with his bees. Um, I thought Enid was my favorite character. It's the uh, outside of Wednesday. Snitches get stung. That's hive code. Snitches get stung. Snitches snitches get stung. Yeah, that's hive code. He's got like a little swag to him for a fucking nerd. I do, yeah, um, yeah. And I just I thought that the other male characters like the artist guy and then Tyler, I thought were so Xavier. annoying. Yeah, I thought those were the two worst characters. I think it's Xavier, but yeah, Xavier. Yeah, yeah. I thought Xavier. 
I thought he might have been the hide for a second. Well, everybody, yeah, he's seeing him in his dreams and shit. Yeah. He has like yeah. the he's got paintings. Scratches. He has scratches. Like, yeah, 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 but he's yeah. just like, oh, what? You don't love me anymore, Wednesday? Okay, yeah, whatever. Amber hated him too. I just think that those two guys were kind of annoying. Man bun going on. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. But everybody else, I fucking <laughs> loved. And those girl, the siren chick with her eyes, like mm-hmm. those were freaking. Piercing, I loved. I loved dude. the siren, mm-hmm. and I think that she could have. Like leaned into that a little bit, but they didn't push it, which was cool. Like the convincing, like maybe like just, season two. Yeah, her mom's yeah. Her mom gonna, came they're in. They're and definitely going to give her more. Yeah, I thought that that was a really cool story. And she becomes like the fencing battle, and then she becomes mm-hmm. her like confidant. And, like, yeah, I, I I don't know. There was just a lot of layers to this for such a a show that I thought would be so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, dude, that was actually super sad when she died. The yeah. shapeshifter. Yeah. She was actually a badass. I thought she had something to do with it, too. I mean, it, I was suspectful of, like, everybody. Well, that's that's a good sign of a show. Yeah. When they don't when they have you, you know, looking out everywhere. Um, yeah, originally I thought, because you don't know that the hide needs, a like, a person to tell him what to do until, like, later on in the show. So, yeah. I, like, when I saw the monster and realized it was, like, a thing where they transform. I was like, oh, it's fucking Tyler. Like, it's definitely Tyler. Like, I mm-hmm. thought he was like the big baddie, but I know that he had to have a master. Mm-hmm. And then when it was a master, I was like, oh, it's the therapist. And then, yeah. because yeah. they, they set you up, right? The, yeah. the flowers and 100%. the, yeah, because yeah. it's in the room. And, um, yeah, that was, I was um, thoroughly confused at the end. I was like, what the fuck? Like, like you said, Tyler, but I'm like, Christine, I was hoping it wasn't Christina Richie. She could be in like a regular on the show, you know? Yeah. And, and she was a cool character. She's she was like a cool weird character. botanist lady. Yeah, you know? and kind of helping her out and come to find out she knew how to make the, the poison, you know, mm-hmm. she, then you bring in this stupid pilgrim, which was great, right? Because they that actually saved That monster at the end. That was so weird. Yeah. Like, where does he get these powers from? He's a he fucking a pilgrim. D- demon is what he became. Yeah, I know, but like, how? And, and what's funny is that like, his whole life, he's like against, the witchery uh, and all that, yeah. against like, the outcasts or whatever and all their like, powers and stuff and then he comes back and he's literally a wizard. Yeah. And it's like, bro, do you realize like, you would be in Nevermore right yeah, now? Yeah. Like, you're like, he's like a dark with wizard. your dark yeah. Magic power, like it's, that's that part was a little bizarre for it me. Was, it's such a history, though. Like, uh, I love how they brought that in because pilgrims were assholes, right? I mean, they were just yeah, they fucking killed all the and so it was great to see them like bring that villain. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's hey, true. that's true. You know, they were not very great to people, particularly uh, immigrants who, which they were, you know, or you know, other cultures. And yeah. so it's kind and, of, and yeah. historically in America, they've been celebrated quite I know, a bit. yeah, and, like that Thanksgiving, guy, Crackpot, was like celebrated, he had a statue, yeah. And shit. It, yeah. what, just a quick fact back to the movies there's actually in uh, Adam's Family Values they uh, uh, Wednesday and Pugsy go to camp summer camp because uh, uh, Joan Cusack wants to take over the family anyways but she sends him a, sends him to the uh, the camp and they do a Thanksgiving play and Wednesday fucks it all up and she's like you don't understand what the pilgrims do and so they redid the whole play and the Indians actually came in and the native americans came in and actually killed all the the pilgrims and took over thanksgiving and the adams family sounds kind of lit yeah, yeah dude and so it was kind of like it was like another <laughs> homage to that to that to that scene with that to me so it's actually pretty intense in, in that part so I, I i'm surprised i was just going through the cast list of like trying to find out mm-hmm. you know uh luis guzman like how many episodes he was in he was only in two episodes. Two, yeah. And I thought he was such a like a cool, great character. Well, if you watch the trailer, you think he's in more. Well, he's a big actor. Yeah, bigger. I mean, Captain Zia Jones as well. But like for him to only be in two episodes and have the impact he did in that mm-hmm. season, I thought was pretty impressive. Because yeah. which one was he? He was the dad. He's Gomez. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought was the murderer. Which is and... his younger version of him did not look very 
like Gomez. We're like, we're like, what the hell? You drink fucking the whole time. Gained 300 pounds, yeah. dude. <laughs> like yeah. Did not match at all. Yeah. But that creepy love dynamic between the two of them where they're like so obsessed with each other, it's like nauseating. That's like classic Adam's It was great. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It's definitely. Making out through the bars. Yeah. It was yeah. Just everything about the Adam's family is mysterious to I me. Mean, I don't know enough about it to really like know the in depth knowledge you do, but mm. I just feel like they're just so off putting, but like a endearing at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's just a complete knockout of a show. The only complaint I had were the two douchebag guys that I didn't like, and like everything else, like the cinematography, the the soundtrack, the, the writing. I thought that the Wednesday dance that you wanted to do so desperately, Zach, was so fucking cool. Hey, don't spoil it, bro. Like, so much. <laughs> the uh, like that whole part, everybody's like, this has become like a TikTok thing. I'm, I can't sure. believe that. That's so odd how popular. Dude, let's talk about the dance. Well, actually, some history on that. If you watch the original nineteen like fifty Adams Family, it's just, uh, Wednesday actually has a dance in there, and it's yeah. you know it's like a nineteen sixty you know where she's moving up and down, so it's kind of like that inspiration and yeah. the, and how it just turned into this widespread TikTok thing is very yeah. like how our, our her her character is iconic. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I guess like I'm just so like girls want to be Wednesday because they can just tell people what the fuck they do. Think. They really want to be Wednesday. Jenna I mean, Ortega's character of Wednesday is iconic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's such it's such a big like it's a huge deal. Bro. Yeah, I just can't have it's to all over wow. the internet. Everybody's doing the dance, and what's funny is that Jenna Ortega did not prepare for that dance at all. It wasn't scripted. Tim Burton was just like, you got this, right? You could do this. Wow. And she was like, yeah, dude, totally. I got this. I've been working on it. And she hadn't been. She had been <laughs> That's like, totally what we do. Yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we're not that far off, you know? Shoot the hip. Yeah. She had been like working on other shit, like fencing and arch, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I'm like, I'm like uh, paracording an interview she did with Fallon. But anyway, so when it started, she knew like, basically she wanted to bring, and she wanted to pay homage to mm -hmm. the, the previous Wednesday. Wow. And then she knew the song that was going to be playing. And then she just kind of lo let loose. And that was the dance. And um, it became what it became. Now it's like this massive deal. Everybody's doing it on TikTok. And it's like this huge like cultural phenomenon. And she didn't even, like she was the choreogra choreographer of that. Isn't that crazy? That's a star right there. That's a star right there. That is a star, yeah. My question is, and I think I have the answer, but I want to know what you guys think. Is she like Wednesday... Forever, like is this is this, like because she's gonna be Wednesday for years. Like she's gonna definitely do this. I mean, this is like yeah, she's only such 20, a big deal. So she's very she's young. She's only twenty. This is like already as big or bigger than Stranger Things, which is a fucking massive. Wow. Netflix just like <sighs> lucked into this massive hit again. But my question is, do you think she's gonna be typecast from this role moving forward, or are we looking at like a legitimate A list Brad Pitt style? Like movie star, I I am I, I mean it when I said that like season two of you she stole the whole season like she was the best part of that season in my opinion and she was super young but I knew that she'd be like somebody like her she was just a freaking great actress and like funny but like sharp and edgy and so this wasn't a surprise to me that she crushed this role I think she'll crush this role continually but she can play multiple roles I think she's way more diverse than that and I don't think she's already shown that she can do it elsewhere I think she'll continue to do that. I agree. I think she's a. I think she's a bona fide. Yeah. Superstar. And I'm. I'm just like kind of looking star. at the stuff that she's. I mean, she's busy. It's not like she's like laying as this like w one show. I mean, I'm looking at stuff coming up. She's got a ton of stuff in 2022, uh, 2021. She has st stuff coming up, and it looks like she's got 
more stuff coming up in 2023. So she, I think that's the way to do it is just keep keep going, make new stuff constantly, be in stuff. Don't just kind of be like, that's my show, you know, or yeah. kind of, um, um, unfortunately, some of the Stranger Kids, you know, like... They I don't really, think they're although, also although, that great outside of. Besides, they hold really on now. Out, hold though. on now. Besides Billy Ray Cyrus, whatever. Her hold name on. Is. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Okay, Millie Bobby. Millie Brown. Bobby Brown is doing something right yeah. now. But she's, she's a, doing something right now. She's coming out with a show that's like called Heroin or something. I like. I, don't a, know. I like her it's in Anolia. Like, so which she's is like a, a girl Viking or something. I don't yeah. know. It's coming out. I will tell you, she's, she's the one. She's great. Yeah, she's great. But she has. But she's got stuff. Like she went and more and more stuff. Or yeah. some of the other kids were like, "I'm gonna do a band." I or, also feel like she's like purposely. Like sometimes I think that. Hey, don't don't. Are you talking about Steve? Because Steve can do what the fuck. I'm he not wants. saying Steve. Steve. What's the other one? Wolf, I don't know. Wolf if Steve can do whatever he wants. Joe Curie can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's in the band <laughs> and he's doing other movies. I'm just and saying. They just kind of do some band stuff. I mean, he's in a band. He's got a message. He's got to put it out there to the world. He did make a movie with Ryan Reynolds, so. He's been yeah. in a few. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Millie Bobby Brown is doing some stuff. Um, I, I do want to give one note to to Wednesday that I had. You you didn't like Xavier and Tyler. I didn't understand in Wednesday why everybody liked Wednesday so much. Because like the, Wednesday was a dick. It was hard to, to get everybody. I think it was a little hard to get atmosphere. Like she pushed everybody off, and people like first off the guys liked her. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Why? Why did, why did Enid like her? Why did Tyler like her? Why did Xavier like her? Like, she was so freaking mean to everybody. I felt like, like, there was, how could you keep coming back? I think that she's, like, it's, you want what you can't have kind of thing for a lot of them. Like, she wouldn't mm. allow them into their, her circle. So they're like, well, fuck, I, I, I can win her over anybody. Like, it, I think that's something to do with it. Uh, I think she's. So, Jordan, you're, you're a chase guy. What you're telling me? Chase it. I'm down. trying to put my my mind in their head. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We're this talking is, about this. This is, this right. is outside of myself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. For sure. This is philosophy. All right. Yeah. Uh, We're in philosophy. Got it. I I hate a chase. I think the chase is exhausting. Uh, <laughs> but that's my theory: is that once the guys liked her, the girls were jealous, and the girls wanted to get it. But like, I think that the so you think canonically it made sense. Yeah. Well, she came in like as a star, though, right? If you think about it, she came in, she challenged everybody. She's like, and who's she the, was really good at everything. Yeah, and she's like, who's the top person at their school? And they're like, you don't want to fence, you know. And in a weird way, she's pretty. Yeah, yeah, she's got a great. Jenna Ortega is not pretty in a weird way, but Wednesday was pretty in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. her outfits were. I mean, her style, right? They're like, hey, we yeah. made your. What do you call that thing around her neck? It's her. Her colors. She had her colors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I guess as I yeah. talk that through, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, well, it's All a right. good show. Well, we're going to sign out here, and before we do, I just want to say a legend passed um, yesterday or two days ago, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That's true. Um, yeah. And Zach, you might not know who they are, but they have a couple songs you recognize. There's the Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, which ends with a do 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 Zach's nodding his head and agreeing. <laughs> so uh, they also have Heplessy Hoping, which is one of my favorite songs yeah. of all time. Uh, so we're going to play out with a little Crosby, Stills, and Nash on the end of this episode. And I just want to say salute to all of you hopheads out there. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you all next month. Sweet. Gentle true spirit, he runs 
wishing he could fly.